y'all are seated, go ahead and grab your Bible. As I grab a stand. And uh, going to do something a little different today. Uh, I'm not going to uh, highlight one passage. Uh, I actually just got a lot of scripture that is going to be uh, up on screen. But uh, I hope that you will take some notes because... Um, not like you do every Sunday, but uh, this would be a, a prime note-taking sermon uh, on some points. But anyway, before I get into that, we're starting this new series that we call our Raise series. Now then, we have done this a couple times uh, over our brief life as a church, but I say Raise, and we're going to have the screen up this month. Uh, Raise is our vision series and that it is tied to our vision statement in what we want to do, who we want to be as a church. And that statement, some of you know, but for all of you to know, is raising leaders who raise families, who raise the kingdom. Now my wife and I were talking uh, this weekend and we were talking about Bellwether and really it's DNA, what it's about. And for me, when I get, I'm going to use the, the word pride again, and I know it's a sin, but well, when I get most pride is someone says, you know, this is really uh, my family. And, and I hear that a lot. And what I, what I mean when I say that is that the church is really caring for one another. And I know some of you here, you know, don't know as many people as others. But what we want to do is what I like to call grow from the outside in. And that we are always looking out. I used to say this a lot when we started. For the one, not the 99 and drawing them in into a family, not like my family or not like the Bellwether family even, but really the family of Christ as represented by Bellwether. So that's one thing, that we're a family. The other thing is that when folks say, man, I was really raised up as a leader for Christ here, or I am being raised up as a leader for Christ here. And uh, whether that's in just service, uh, simple, humble service, uh, whether that is uh, in in a group, whether that is... Uh, in missions, locally or globally. But, I mean, my MO, I mean, a big way in how I'm wired is that, I mean, I want to raise people up as leaders for Christ. As I preached about last Sunday, you know, whether they stay or whether they go, we want to raise leaders for Christ. And so what we've done is we take that word raise, and each uh, letter uh, represents a way to grow as a leader for Christ, And we come today at the starting point, not with what is most important, because as you'll see, and I hope you'll, it's a big month August, hope you'll be here at church, uh, that each letter, each point is very important uh, to grow in Christ. But the starting point is what we call rise with God. And that would be uh, your, your inner spiritual life, walk, time with God, time in God's Word quiet time, you know, it can be called many things, 
But we have to have that if we're going to do anything else. I mean, like before I preach, God has to preach to me. Uh, before you serve, God has to serve your heart and your spirit. Before, uh, or then we're just doing actions and work and basing our spiritual life, our Christian life on, on those works. It has to be internal first and move out from there. So the starting point is your daily, and I say daily, and I'm going to highlight that today, your daily walk with Christ. You know, we have wonderful people here who are already leaders. Uh, we have people who can... Uh, speak and teach uh, very well. Uh, Brother Teddy DiBiase, he's at Ignite, but uh, he's he's spoken all over the world. Uh, Doctor and Sister Kathy Philippi has begun uh, speaking uh, around Jackson and will probably uh, go past Jackson in a a speaking uh, ministry. Uh, We have others who have spoken at Bellwether, and that is great. However, if our speakers and teachers are not saturated with God's Word then it's, you know, it's like kind of our ideas. And that's what I want for our speakers and teachers, to be saturated with God's Word. Those who lead uh, Bible studies or groups. We have uh, great leaders, people in that. Ben Jones and Ben Jeffcoat, uh, Derek Dice helping lead our uh, men's group. Edward Walsh, don't want to forget that, them. But if they're not saturated with God's Word daily, then it just becomes kind of a rote exercise. We have great servant leaders here. Christian Bull Angelo, he's at Ignite too, a wonderful servant leader. Uh, our setup team that's uh, been renewed by Brother Wolf. I saw uh, Miss Diane, I saw Ernest, I saw uh, Tracy back there. Great servant leaders. But if you're not saturated with God's Word again, uh, it can be a moot point. So today, you know, I want us to start saying, man, I need to saturate myself with God's Word. And there's a problem. There's a problem. The problem is, we don't want to. Uh, I speak for myself. Here's what I mean. I'd rather maybe watch you know, my favorite TV show uh, or read my favorite book than get time with the Lord. Or, I don't have my iPhone now, but you know, get on our app or get on our iPhones or get on Facebook. There is so much competing for our time, and our hearts really don't want to. I can be honest because I can say that about myself. I mean, how many of us like, you know, man, I really want to, you know, spend an hour in the Bible. Now, hey, I do more and more now, but I mean, our heart, I mean, our, there is sin in our hearts and we would rather be in the world. So we got people, we also have a problem and I want us, myself included, develop more of a passion, a passion for God's Word, for the things of God's Word, for learning God's Word, for hearing the Holy Spirit through God's Word. And so today, that's that's what we're going to talk about. Now, I'm going to talk about why and how. The why is why we should. The how, very practical. Start with the why. Uh, I love top ten lists, uh, like top ten best movies of the year, top ten best books of the year. Another way I can get caught from studying God's Word. But uh, So I'm going to do a top ten list of why... We should have time, uh, dedicate time in God's Word, in quiet time, in devotional time, whatever you want to call it, uh, top ten reasons. So these will be up on the screen. And again, this is where I really encourage you to like uh, take notes. Um, Where Alex Duckworth, not to call you, she's a wonderful note taker to show me her notes in Honduras. Awesome rock star taking notes. I say this because these, these are important and I want you to go back to them 
and I'm only giving like, you know, ten verses rather than one passage. So please write the verses down. Go back to them because it shows you the points. These aren't my ideas. It's in Scripture. It's in God's Word, okay? So top ten list. Here we go. Uh, first, strengthens faith. Romans 10, 17. Look at this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Faith, belief, just witness faith in the baptism. We just heard her testimony. She had faith. And how did she have faith? She heard, Kendall did, at Chrysalis, the Word proclaimed, the Word sung. And so as we come to church here, you both hear sometimes me preaching. You hear sometimes the words of worship. But when we're in God's Word, we're not just reading, we're hearing the Lord speak to us. And our faith comes from the hearing. I mean, God had a plan. Not just His church. I always say the church is plan A. There's no plan B. There's also a plan with God's Word. That He reveals Himself primarily, not through a person, not through a place, the Word of God. You know, we had a question. We have an ask anything box that we just ask anything and I'll try to answer it in a sermon. But last week we had a question that said, hey, why are there not more physical miracles today? You know, like healings, raising from the dead, all of that. Well, there are, but I would also agree with this person in that there were more probably in the biblical times. But one answer to that is that in those times, they didn't have God's Word. God was revealing Himself more through the power of physical miracles. And now we have God's Word. And look, I believe miracles can happen uh, from claiming, from speaking, from preaching the Word of God. I believe it can happen. And our faith increases as we hear it. Not just preached and taught, but read in your time. It strengthens your faith. Second one in there. It supplies the Holy Spirit. You'll hear me talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. God's Word supplies the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3.5 says it directly. Does He who supplies the Spirit to you and works of miracles among you do so by works of the law or, tied to the last point, hearing with faith. Hearing God's Word. And when I say hearing, I, I mean when you're reading it. You know, you're hearing yourself say it or you're hearing God speak. And you're, you begin to hear the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, one thing that I do when I am in, God, in God's Word, reading it, if thoughts come to mind uh, a lot of times, probably 90, 95%, I mean, I attribute them to the Holy Spirit. Like a person will come to mind in my quiet time. I'll call them that day. I'll pray for them that day. I really believe that when we're in God's Word, the Holy Spirit speaks to us more. He reveals Himself to us more. And it's by hearing when we read and when we're reading to ourselves, speaking to ourselves, God begins to speak. He supplies the Holy Spirit. You want to hear the Holy Spirit? You want to know what His will for your life is? Get in God's Word. Get away from the TV show. Get away from the other book. Get away from the uh, iPhone or the iPad. Have time in God's Word. Next, creates and sustains life. 1 Peter 23-25. through 25. Look at this. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God, 
For all flesh is like grass, its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Look at this verse. It says, since you have been born again, not of the perishable seed, but imperishable, the living and abiding word of God. How are you born again? Well, you receive Jesus in your heart. How does that happen? By God's Word. God's Word preached. God's Word taught. God's Word studied. God's Word sung. God's Word proclaimed. God's Word studied. If you want to be born again, if you're curious about what that looks like, get into God's Word. Get into a place where God's Word is spoken, is read, is heard. Again, I go back to Miss Kendall. I don't know what the experience is like, but I guarantee you they were proclaiming the Word of God, either by song, in teaching. And she goes, whoa, this is awesome. You're going to be born again. It starts with the Word of God. But I say create and sustains life. Sustains life. This passage, it talks about the flower. It says the Word of the Lord remains forever. And the Word of the Lord will grow you will sustain you in dark times, times of joy, times of suffering. The Word of the Lord creates and sustains life. Next, it gives hope. Gives hope. Whatever was written in former days, says Romans 15.4, was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Whatever was written in former days, the Bible was written in former days, gives us encouragement and hope. And I would ask you all today, what is your hope? I mean, I preach about this all the time in different ways. Like, what, is, what are you hoping for? You are hoping for a fabulous life? I mean, that's, that's really like, you know, with Facebook, I know our youth, that's not cool anymore. But, you know, with Facebook, it's like everybody's got their own people magazine, you know, that they can just kind of put together. You know, what's your hope? Fabulous life? Money, wealth, or, you know, good hopes of like, well, I just want my kids to have a fabulous life. Uh, or, you know, I don't even want my kids to like look glamorous or anything. Just that, you know, man, if they could go off and serve in Honduras or something, or maybe, you know, I don't know, teacher, preacher, you know, I don't know what your idea or what your hope is. But it's a good question for us to ask ourselves. Because, see, you know, a lot of times we'll look in God's Word and we will say, um, as somebody knocks on our door, uh, not to distract you, but anyway, man, we're, we're open here. Sometimes we say, man, my, my dream isn't in the Bible. You know, it's, it's hard to understand. Uh, it's complicated. I know it talks about, it talks about, as I said last week, it talks about, you know, my life insurance for eternity, but has little to say about the here and now and my dreams, you know, my hopes. So what I would say is God's Word, you know, what it wants to do, I really believe, uh, is take uh, our failed dreams and swallow them up of the dream of the glory of Jesus Christ and transform our hopes, transform our dreams, transform our desires. And I believe it does. And it will. If you go into it with faith. Let me say that again. You know, we have dreams and dreams don't come true. It wants to swallow up those dreams that don't come true into the dream of desiring and living a joy-filled life for Jesus Christ. Swallow up those dreams that either haven't happened yet or are failed. Swallow up. I love that, that metaphor. God's Word will swallow those dreams up and give us the hope 
in Christ. Kills deceitful desires. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one because uh, um, this one's bad. And uh, I intentionally use the verb kill. Uh, not, it's not my idea. It's what the Bible says. Okay, And I list three verses, but I just quote one. I say deceitful desires. Again, not my word, a biblical word here. Ephesians 4.22 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. What does it mean? It means desires of the flesh which deceive us. What are those desires of the flesh? Well, first one is like, you know, most explicit flesh, sex. You know, how many uh, lives have been ruined because someone did not kill a desire? How many uh, marriages have tanked because desires have killed? How many pastors, in all honesty, have fallen uh, because they haven't killed uh, a deceitful desire? That's just one. Another desire ties to a lot of the hopes I talked about. Uh, I hope for you know, massive wealth. Uh, I hope for massive power. Um, these deceive us. They deceive us in that we think we'll be fulfilled and satisfied and joyful when we attain them, and they deceive us. And the Bible is clear kill it. That's why I throw in Colossians 3 5. Let me read that one to you. Note it, it says, it's not going to be up on the screen, put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. It's a big one around here. You know, house, white picket fence, all that, northeast Jackson. You know, you know the song and dance, covetousness, which is idolatry. Put it to death. How do you do that? Ephesians six seventeen. the sword of the Spirit in that verse is the Word of God. The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. It's important to have time in God's Word, know God's Word, and actually I'm going to talk about this in a minute, memorize and meditate on when those desires come up, we kill it, not by willpower, that will fail. Trust me, I know. By the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord, like verses you have memorized. Kill it. That's how we do it. The sword of the Spirit is what the Word of the Lord calls the Word of the Lord. Sword. Use it. A couple quotes. One by a guy named John Owen. Um, not many of you know this cat. He was uh, a Puritan. But he had a great, great quote. He says, Be killing sin or it will kill you. Pretty simple. Be killing sin or it will kill you. Uh, another one says, This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Take your pick. This book will keep you from sin, us from sin, or sin will keep us from this book. Kill sin. How? Sword of the Spirit. What's the sword of the Spirit? The Bible. The key to answered prayer. John 15, 7. Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I put another verse up there, Psalm 37, 4. Uh, listen to what it says. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, how many of y'all, you don't have to show a show of hands, but like, you know, we, we pray for somebody to be healed. 
we pray to get a new job. Uh, we pray to find Mr. or Miss Perfect. Uh, we pray for our children to, to be safe and to be happier. I pray for these things. But see, here's the deal. If we want God to be devoted to our interests, then we need to be devoted to His interest. Let me say that again. Real important. It is, again, the key to answered prayer. If you want some prayers answered in your life, if we want the Lord to be devoted to our interests, our children, our desire for Mr. and Ms. Perfect, our job search, and we need to spend some time thinking about and pondering and grasping His interests for this world in the time that we have. I mean, Jesus said it clearly. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, His words, whatever you wish, it will be done for you. And see, I think Jesus' words change us. And hear me clearly. I mean, this this is like big time stuff here. Our words change us and transform our interests. I really believe that. Why not say that? Because mine have, okay? Uh, Those who knew me 10, 12 years ago, uh, very selfish. Not that I'm not selfish now, but like, you know, for all these deceitful desires, right there in the middle of it, in the mud with the younger brother. God's Word, or the power of the Holy Spirit through God's Word, changes desires, changes interests. Okay? Changes the desires of your heart. That's why Psalm says the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. But we've got to know what God's interests are in this world, in this earth. You know, God does not like run the earth and hire the consulting firm of humanity or mankind to run it for Him. You know? I mean, God is God. He's going to be doing His deal. We want to be caught up in what He is doing. He doesn't need us, like I've said before. But we're honored to be used by Him. So we need to know what He's interested in. We need to know what He wants. We need to know His desires. Alright, quickly through these. Gives wisdom. Colossians 3.16 Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Let me say this. You know, none of us uh, just love the aging process. You know, especially those of us that, you know, like gray early. Uh, but anyway, you know, it, it does happen. And, you know, after a workout or something, like you're sore for three days. You know, none of us like that. But we get wisdom in aging. Uh, somebody said, I don't know who did, but it's real sad. Age into a sage. Age into a sage. And I do think that in time, in experiences with the word of the Lord, you know, we have wisdom. It gives us wisdom. Godly wisdom. Not only does it give us wisdom, it gives us warnings. Warnings. Psalm 19, 9 through 11 gives us warnings. Here we go. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Let me tell you something I really believe. I believe you spend time in God's Word, God will warn you of like things you shouldn't do, of uh, maybe relationships you shouldn't have, of things you need to change in your life. You know, you want to be warned, hey, we go seek out uh, counseling, which is good. Uh, we go seek out pastoral advice, uh, which is good. But man, the Holy Spirit directs us when we have time. And also, man, I give a lot of credit to my wife, and a lot of us dudes or men 
married men, we need to give credit to our wives because they warn us too. Uh, my wife probably has a richer, I'll say this, uh, time with the Lord, devotional life uh, than me. She does hers at night, I do mine early morning. But uh, she gives me good warnings. I believe the Spirit speaks to her through God's Word and it warns us. I mean, I believe this is true. And so if you want to be warned, if you want to do the right thing, time with God's Word. Next, defeat the devil. Defeat the devil. 1 John 2.14, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. I love this where John says, I write to you, young men, because a lot of times us young men, or if I can call myself young, but us young folks, everybody's young here, you know, we don't have the wisdom and the spiritual maturity and we need the Word of the Lord by the Holy Spirit and it happens in God's Word and in God's Word we defeat the devil. Listen to me. Listen to me. And I talked about it last week. I talked about some very uh, real examples. The devil's real. Last week talked about possession and experience we had in Honduras. Listen to the podcast if you want to hear the story. But the devil's real. And not, he doesn't just work in like, you know, things, voodoo, witchcraft, things like that. I mean, he works in our minds and talking to us and speaking. How do we defeat the devil? The Word of the Lord. Jesus in His temptation, when the devil was speaking to Him and tempting Him, what did Jesus do? He quoted God's Word. That's why we need to know God's Word. Why we need to spend time learning it, learning verses, so we can defeat the very real presence of the devil in our lives and in our world. Last one. The source, the real source of joy. All of us here, all of us are seeking joy in some form or fashion. Uh, pleasure, wealth, power, relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, Mr. Miss Part. We're all seeking joy. Where does true joy, lasting joy come from? The Word of God. The Word of God. Psalm 1, 1 through 2. Love this psalm. Love these verses. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. His delight, his joy. You want joy? You want real joy? Begin a relationship with our Lord and Savior in his word. That was the why. That was the top ten. If you want those verses, email me. I hope some of you wrote them down. Let me get to the how real quick. Like, how do you do this? Like, okay, that's great. Why, how? Real easy, real simple. First, like, pick a time. Like, like pick a time. You know, we, we do this all the time for every other relationship. Uh, those of you who, uh, us dudes who want to make an impression on uh, a young uh, lady, and, and I hope it's your wife, you know, we, we plan how we're going to uh, do and orchestrate uh, the date. Um, some of y'all have uh, been involved in farming, uh, you know, garden, everything. I know the Ray's awesome garden, but uh, my grandparents grow tomatoes, you know, maters in the summer, love a mater sandwich. And, you know, they plan for it and they, you know, do the seed and plan for it. God does the growth. Uh, a lot of us spend so much time uh, planning for this grand idol, and I'm guilty of this, deer hunting. Deer hunting. You know, I'm, I'm getting jacked up already. You know, it's only three months away. Three months. Here before we know it. Plan our, our field, put out the seed. You know, God produces the fruit. Only God can bring the deer, you know. 
So we, we plan all this. Do we plan time for this relationship? To say, I'm going to carve out this time. I'm going to wake up early. Uh, I'm going to plan to, uh, to spend this amount of time here in this particular place. I mean, literally plan the place, like that corner, under those stairs, where nobody can get to Plan it. Pick it. Choose it. Where nobody can get to you. Where you can uh, sing. I mean, not just sing, because some of us can't sing, but sing in your spirit. Where you can cry. Because when you're reading God's Word, God's going to convict you about the problems maybe in our marriages or the problems in our relationships or the sin in our life. And you, it'll, the Lord will bring you to tears. And you can rejoice and be glad. Pick a place and then pick a plan. Like, don't just, uh, I got my Bible and, um, you know, just flip a page. There you go. You know, and here, read it. Don't do that. I mean, you can do that. It's better than nothing. But let's be a bit more strategic. Pick a plan. Uh, on our Bible app, excuse me, on our Bellwether app, there are Bible plans. There's also a great Bible app that's got like, I don't know, probably dozens of Bible plans. It's called Version. So just go to the app, Version. I do a reading plan where it takes me the Old Testament a year and New Testament twice a year. Pick a plan. Pick your place. Do that, okay? Memorize and meditate. The M&M boys. M&M boys, Okay. Uh, this is key, and, and my wife, let me applaud her. She does this better than me. I, I like, I'm a reader, so I like reading a lot. Uh, but memorizing, get it into your mind where you can meditate on it, and the Holy Spirit continues to speak on it throughout the day. And you can have that word for a friend uh, or for the devil when he's trying to plant a seed in your life. Memorize and meditate, Okay? Here's something that I'll probably get pushed back on, but I'm going to push y'all instead. There are a handful that will like this here, okay? Um, read harder books on theology when you have time. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of us love our devotional books. Uh, you know, I like devotional books. But a lot of times, some more challenging books on doctrine and theology uh, will, will speak to us more. Now, hey, it's not God's Word, but there's an old saying too. It says... Um, you know, raking or digging. Well, raking's easier, but you just get leaves. And when you dig, you might get a diamond. Okay? Let me read you a quote from C.S. Lewis, what he said about this. He said, I tend to find the doctrinal books are helpful to devotion more so than the devotional books. I believe a man who finds that nothing happens when they sit or kneel down with a devotional book would find the heart sing while they work their way through a tough bit of theology with a pipe in their teeth and a pencil in hand. Now, y'all may say, I disagree with everything about that except the pipe, okay? Uh, I agree with everything about it but the pipe. But anyway, if you, you know, go with the pipe, no worries, C.S. Lewis did. But I mean, what he's saying here is like, you know, really the, the big questions and issues of the Bible. I mean, if you really push yourself, challenge yourself, and I'm not saying do this as a starting point, but for some of you, y'all might need to take this step and really start learning a bit of, like, things that, I mean, they used to give me headaches too, doctrine, theology, the big things of the Lord. Uh, I do think it'll speak to you. It'll minister to you. Um, don't use the pipe. But anyway, if, you know, it's just my advice. A couple other things real quick, Okay. And again, this is a big, this, this is a big, you know, how to do this. It's important. It's really important. 
Surround yourself with Bible-saturated people. I mean, if you want to grow in the Word, you need to have relationships. People that, like, are in God's Word, learning God's Word, receiving God's Word, know God's Word. This can happen in a small group. And it doesn't have to be like a formal group. But, you know, it can be a group of three or four. Move, meet at a coffee shop, meet over lunch. It can be a more formal group. I talked about our men's group. There, there are many groups here. Be around Bible-saturated people. It can just be a mentor but someone who speaks into your life. Be a part of what I call a covenant community. Translation, a church. A place where God's Word is read, is read publicly, that you hear it, that you hear it preached, you hear it taught. Commit to that place, a body of believers. It's not just, and we'll talk about this in coming weeks, it's not just about our individual relationship. It is, but being with people, group, mentors, church family, where you know God's Word, you hear God's Word. I mean, literally, spoken, up on screen. The Holy Spirit can work through that. It's not just through the book, although I love books, but God's Word spoken. You've got to do this. You've got to do this stuff if you want to grow in Christ. And the last thing, the how, and I'm going to add this one, is suffering. Suffering. Many of y'all here uh, suffer. And it's a big part of the how that leads us to God's Word. One last verse, Psalm 119, 67 and 71. This is David. Listen to what he says. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your Word. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. David said, it is good for me that I have or am experiencing suffering because it led me to Your Word, O Lord. Another quote, and this is from a dude named Martin Luther. Some of you all know of him. Lived a while back, but these words are rich. Listen to this. As soon as God's Word becomes known through you, as soon as it happens, the devil will afflict you, yet will make you a real doctor or teacher of doctrine. And it will teach you by His temptations to seek and to love God's Word. I love that quote. As soon as you begin knowing God's Word, the devil's going to hit you. And he will make you a teacher to love God's Word. Because we won't survive without God's Word. So suffering brings us to the place where I mean, I got to get in God's word. I got to I got to rise with God. It does, it has for me. So suffering can do that. Last thing I'd say here. I mean, you know, it is uh, it. A lot of times we really value uh, resolve. You know, like man, I'm I'm hardcore. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna run this marathon. Uh, I'm gonna do this job. I'm gonna do this project. I'm gonna dig this hole for those of us who are in Honduras. Uh, I'm going to do this. I've got resolve. I'm going to make a a great name for myself. I'm going to have an awesome career. I'm going to make this much. We value in good old, hard-working USA, which I love, resolve. Could you? And I know this is like practical stuff. Can we get some resolve to look into God's Word? And man, if I was out here as a youth or in college, I was like, man, that is nerdy, cheesy, gooby stuff. But it's the only way that we survive and thrive in the Word of God. 
So could like some of you, because I know some of you are out there saying, gooby, cheesy, man, can't you tell a good story? That's coming next week, okay? I promise you. You know, tell me a story about the supernatural, you know, the possessed. Hey, resolve to start spending some time and rising with God. I believe, and I'm not a betting man, so I guarantee your life will change. So last quote, last quote. This is Jonathan Edwards, another older guy, but again, these guys got rich sayings. Resolve. I love this. Jonathan Edwards, probably one of the greatest minds America's ever produced. Preacher back in colonial days. He said, I will be resolved in three things. To obtain as much happiness in the other world. I love that. Obtain as much happiness in the other world as I possibly can with all the power, might, vigor, and violence, killing sin, violence, I am capable of. To study Scripture so steadily, constantly, and frequently so that I grow in knowledge of the same. And I love this one, the third. To live with all my might while I do live. Do you live with all your might? Do you... Are we resolved to be in God's Word? Are we resolved to attain as much happiness as possible in the other world? I love those words. Because it points us to God's Word. And the last thing I'd say is why. I mean, the why and the how. God's Word shows us Jesus. And it shows us that He is more alive and more near than our breaths right now. So if you want to find Jesus, and I want all of us to find Jesus, and if you want to grow in Jesus, I want all of us to grow in Jesus, we got to get in God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for its power. Thank You for this life that You have given us. And I pray that we would be convicted by Your Holy Spirit as the Word is proclaimed and sung and shown here to begin living with all our power and all our might while we do live, and living for you. And that not only will we survive sufferings, but we will thrive in the midst of sufferings. And we will thrive in the midst of uh, when relationships are broken, uh, when dreams are shattered, when we're having problems with our very mind and our thoughts and invasions of deceitful desires and the devil himself that will turn to God's Word with power because it is powerful to change lives. May we believe that. May I believe that more. Preach it to ourselves and not just on Sunday morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your Word that it reveals your Son, our Savior. Amen.